Welcome back to the Multitudes Podcast. This is Manny, your host. We are live from the multiverse where we randomly pair two people in the same community in a pseudonymous conversation with each other. And with me is Carla. Carla? Carla, are you there? Uh, I better go try to find her. Hello? Hello? Hello, Manny. Oh, Carla. There you are. Sorry. Got a little lost in space. It's easy to get lost out here, especially when over 80% of universe's mass is made up by dark matter. If you were expelled into the vacuum of space and made contact with dark matter, your cells and organs and entire body would cease to hold together and your mind would dissolve into nothingness. Wait, seriously? No, just kidding. You would most definitely suffocate due to the lack of oxygen, not to mention have a psychotic breakdown. I mean, that much I knew, but I am curious what would happen if we were to interact with dark matter. We know that whatever dark matter is, it doesn't interact very strongly with ordinary matter, because otherwise we would have spotted its effects already. You're probably interacting with dark matter right now. You just don't know it. That's cool. Maybe. Well, in this episode of Multitudes, we go into some dark matter with Neville and Pablo, who both really leaned into their names during this conversation. Yes, they role-played to perfection what it would be like if two constellations went on a date with each other. That was definitely not what I expected, but I thoroughly enjoyed the depth with which they were able to assume those roles. The joke about orc clouds being farts was a good one. And that debate on whether or not we're living in a dream? You know this is all a dream, right? I'd rather not think about that now, thanks, Carla. Okay, ignorance over wisdom. I get it. Suit yourself. Let's just jump to the conversation, okay? Let's do a role-playing activity. Imagine that both of you have been set up on a blind date by a mutual friend. You both meet at the best Ethiopian restaurant in the world. Each of you has been given a brief about your character. Feel free to play with that however you'd like. There is no right or wrong way to do this. Check your Slack if you need a reminder. Have a conversation as though you were at the start of your dinner. We'll do this activity for the next 10 minutes. If you would like me to ask you a question to get your conversation moving, just say, ask us a question, Carla. Hey, cool. Uh, I'm Hydra. Uh, I'm Crooks. I'm the... Uh the largest of the 88 modern constellations, which I didn't know that about myself until yesterday. Um, I also didn't know that constellations were measured by square degrees, but that actually makes sense. It's like points in space in a, in a what is it, a circular, uh, it's not a flat axis, it's a, I forgot the name of it, uh, a circular axis. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, I'm a constellation centered on four stars, which feels smaller, I think, in size. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm part of the southern sky of the bright portion of the Milky Way. Uh, so, uh, I didn't know there was a south to the Milky Way um, or a bright part, but that's where I'm hanging out. Chilling. So the way that I 
I mean, I might not understand this all the way, but I, we're in the middle of the Milky Way, right? So um, throughout the year, we're looking at the Alps. I guess we're looking at different parts of the Milky Way, right? Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Uh, this is like, uh, have you ever seen, uh, it's like when the dinosaurs died, we were on the opposite side of the Milky Way. Oh, that's crazy. We're, we're, I did not know that. Yeah, because the center of the Milky Way has like a black hole and we're a galaxy that's spiraling around it just like the Earth is doing on the sun. And it takes right. like 130 million years to circle around the Milky Way. So I think, yeah, the dinosaurs died about 65 million years ago. Oh, wow, that, is, that, is, that really puts it in perspective, right? Yeah, I, this is just separate, but um, they, uh, I was just watching a video about the dinosaurs and it was, they, you know, they spent 65 million years or 60 million years or so in like total peace and a utopia and a balance. And it was, the video was about how like all of that disappeared in the matter of minutes. But it was like 65 because of the meteor, but it was like 60 million years uh, leading up to that was just this like harmony that they had found amongst society that, and it was a super scalable, you know, thing because they found this like peaceful state to exist in. They just kind of existed in that state for 60 million years, which blows my mind. We've had periods like that, right? I mean, they talk about the, there was a point when like uh, trees lined the whole earth and then because there wasn't any bacteria that could decompose it, all those trees kind of like, I think there was a mass extinction or there was something else or sea level rise and all those trees got like submerged. Um, I forgot what, what, I think that was one of the early um, uh, extinction events. Um, wow, the dinosaur, the, yeah, the dinosaur meteorite thing is, by the way, fascinating. And I can, it was, I think, a radio lab podcast about it specifically um that was incredible because um they essentially a scientist i think it was a physicist uh, was trying to understand how it would have happened the, the day that the meteorite actually came like and he talks about how it was coming so fast and it's so massive um that everything in like the northern and southern hemisphere would have like literally like just gone up in flames because it the temperature would have risen so much and it creates like a, since it's going so fast, it, it, it actually does kind of like a, a droplet effect on water where a, a, a drop of water comes into water. It creates kind of like this bounce effect and more, you know, have you ever seen that video of like a drop falling into water where it comes back up? No. So if you, if you drop water on a still surface, like it drops down, it creates like this, divot and then it comes back up almost like a, a bounce and what would have happened was they expect a whole bunch of mat like matter from earth to have like been spewed over into the atmosphere and that would have come back up and then come back down again as meteorites so <laughs> if you somehow would have like survived the first like i think it was like a thousand kelvin that the atmosphere would have turned into like in room temperature or whatever um then it's like you get rained down by meteorites all within the span of like several minutes. Uh, so it's like, it was pretty terrifying and probably, I mean, definitely very destructive. Um, and then of course, like, yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, if you're, I just watched an animated video. If you, have you ever seen Kurgis, Kurg, Kurg, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Kurgisakt 
on YouTube, they do these like super beautiful animated videos about like uh they used to be more factual about like how bacteria works and how and they just released one on the dinosaurs and so now as you're talking about i remember that part of the animation where they kind of slowed down and showed that meteors coming back in and like killing all of the leftovers and it was just the like yes yes because i'm I'm probably totally butchering it um and i don't do it justice so like i would love to see that video you have to send me the link to that after yeah i love dinosaurs as long as they like as long as they depicted them with uh feathers which you know that's that's all i care about yeah dinosaurs without feathers are not dinosaurs are not real dinosaurs wait what is that is that true i don't know oh yeah that's a whole thing um <laughs> all the dinosaurs have feathers have i been like uh they they think they did yeah they think they did like it's hard to tell but we've i think yeah i think that's the consensus now amongst the scientific community but then the latest i remember there was speculation if the new like jurassic world would like they would fix the mistakes of jurassic park and like put feathers on the dinosaurs but they didn't and i think there's a little bit of like oh like everyone has grown up with dinosaurs just being like kind of like naked right but it's like if you think about it like um i mean it kind of makes sense they're closer to birds than any other animal um i guess the birds are descendants of dinosaurs so. um so yeah they're they're not they're not a crocodile right <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's i mean yeah it makes sense but i feel like it has to be wrong because then imagine a t-rex with feathers running at you like you'd want to pet it almost like i wouldn't i mean that's still pretty freaking terrifying i don't know <laughs> i feel like you would see it as like a di- giant chicken running towards you, you know, like oh, a giant chicken that's fine but with huge teeth though that's that's the difference though right like that's when you know yeah because uh, like here's the thing because right like velociraptors have wings right so we know that now um and they would use the wings to like kind of um attack bigger animals and like you know hunting groups that's what they that's what at least like the, the hypothesis is or whatever the thesis is. um so again like i totally i totally can see like velociraptors with their little tiny little wings and feathers like that's that's pretty terrifying can you imagine like a pack of like 30 velociraptors with wings like that would make jurassic park 10 times scarier i don't know <laughs> that's true <laughs> I mean, I, this is this is why the meteor sucks. It's like no one's doing the dinosaurs justice because there are all these like theoretical creatures, what a dinosaur is, and all the leftovers we have are these like not at all scary animals and like birds and all these variations that are like not actually terrifying. Like I just saw a picture of one of those like massive fish, and it's like four times, like ten times bigger than a shark or whatever, you know, uh, kind of dinosaurs, and you're like, yeah. But that's all, you know, the left, like all the animals that are like, it's like leftover, it's like dinosaur light. You didn't get the like, they never got to fully evolve back into like supreme monstrous beings. They kind of came in the way and were like, no, you know, no. There was, and and I'm sure the oceans were like filled with them too, right? Like it was probably like complete with all sorts of animals and like some maybe even larger that we haven't come across any fossils, right? So it's pretty crazy to think about that. It is. I mean, let's, you know, switching gears, like, you know, you got 65 million years behind, you know, you got another 65 million years to go, you know, what do you, you know, I'll, I'll use some of the prompts, not prompts, but it's like, uh, you know, what, what do you, what, what do you want to do with the, with the, with the life, you know? 
As in, like, what, what would dinosaurs want to do with life? Or no, no, no. What would you, what do you want to do? Because, you know, there's these, like, massive time horizons, and then we get, you know, I mean, I'm a constellation, so I don't know. Maybe I'll survive a few billion years. There's puny <laughs> humans on Earth, man. They get, like... Well, my existence, my existence is based, right, because we're constellations. So we're, we're a whole bunch of stars that are really far apart from each other, but we happen to line up so that people on Earth see us kind of like together. But we're actually very far distant things, right? So it's kind of like our existence is merely the, we're merely alive because of the perception. Because human, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, the perception of humans, right? It's like humans. Correct, exactly right, yeah. The perception of humanity is why we exist. <laughs> I was uh, reading this thing recently, which was reality exists because humans perceive it that the moment like that things exist because we look at them and because in quantum physics it's like everything lives in this kind of super state of being two things at the same time and it was the moment when you look at it and observe it that it collapses into one thing or the other and so the the whole thing was around how if no one was looking, the whole universe would actually reality would collapse, and everything would be uh, everything would be in that kind of dual state all the time. But the fact that we all have we have all these observers is what actually makes things exist. Uh, yeah. which blew my mind to think about. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting philosophical and and physics. You know, because there's the policy exclusion principle there, right? So, um, and um, amongst others, um, yeah, that's that's super interesting too. Yeah, it was a physicist yeah. trying to prove it. I don't know. We'll see if they. I love that proof. Of like, no, it's just none of this exists. So, <laughs> oh, that's a weird proof to work on here's too. Yeah, here, <laughs> you don't exist. That's you like, don't exist like the, and I don't. Yeah. Oh, that's the biggest like this ever. Like, can you imagine, like, physics fighting, like, in a, in a I guess, a, um, a conference or something, right? And it's like, you don't exist, John. <laughs> I don't know. Do you, do, you watch, do you watch Rick and Morty at all? The, the oh, yeah, show? I love Rick and Morty. Yeah. It's great. I mean, that show really kicked us. There are moments where um, uh, I'm not allowed to reveal. Uh, people I know uh, look and say uh man what are we even doing this is we're inside a car battery uh yeah. everything yeah. this is a car battery and we're just like powering some some old man's car in the sky so like what what is this that we're doing <laughs> what are we doing yeah it's, it is definitely the most probably i would argue it's probably like one of the deepest most philosophically like leaning like cartoons i guess mm -hmm. i've ever uh but really tv shows right that i've ever seen um definitely a lot of like makes you really think about like how like how do you live your life um yeah no that's super interesting um carla carla you want to give us a topic for us to talk about what was the best or, or worst okay? part that you've ever had <laughs> <laughs> the best or worst part that you that we've ever had. <laughs> oh my god! But we're constellations. I guess that would mean um, 
that would mean uh, hydrogen clouds, right? Where stars are born. So they're called uh, they're called orb clouds, right? I think they are called. Yeah, I think they're all called orb clouds. I'm I'm gonna Google that super quick. I, I think it is. Uh, let's see. Maybe not. I thought it was an Oort cloud, but it's not. O-O-O-O-R-T, sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, No, surrounding oh. suns and planets. No, that's 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 a, a, a cloud of asteroids, I guess. <laughs> um, well, in any case, there are there are gas, there are like there are regions, I mean, every single star will usually most, right, the way that galaxies form, at least the way that I understand how solar systems, sorry, solar systems, the way they form is um, in the expanse of space, there's lots of particles, um, they start like congregating, but at first they're all like kind of sparsed out and um, I guess they're in gaseous form, but I don't, mean, I don't know what it is in the vacuum space. Um, I guess they would be, by definition, gaseous. Um, and then as they start coupling together, um, once they get enough volume of that gas um, and enough mass that the core feels enough pressure that it starts to do infusion, it starts turning the hydrogen atoms into helium. That's when you get a star. Um, if it reaches a certain pressure, it will ignite. Um, and then it becomes dead. So your best fart is a sun, is what our star is what I just heard. Yep, <laughs> like, that's that's I think the, the best answer. Yes, that's the best part. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, I'm gonna switch back into a like non constellation mode, or, or I don't know what to call it. But I'll, I'll my best fart is every fart I've ever done because I don't know why, <laughs> but I love my farts, and they're you know I don't know what a better way to say it, but delicious is the word. <laughs> it's like it's like the like it's the ghost of the food you ate. Okay, it's like you remember what you ate, and you're like, oh yeah, remember that great meal, and it's like you know it's a good reminder. Uh, the worst fart, I don't know. I mean, I've done some terrible stuff, but uh, uh, the, the worst fart is probably one where uh, uh, I was in an office and I was working, and it was a small company, and they were only there was a lot of people. We all shared one table. It was like five people sharing one table, okay? But no one was in the room. So I said, oh, this is a perfect time to let one go. All right, it's a safe space. And as soon as I did it five people walked into the room okay literally 20 seconds later even though they were not supposed to <laughs> and and um and one of them just walks and goes it smells terrible in here and then sat down and then we never talked about it again uh and so that was my, that was my uh well, so that's why I've, yeah, I've had it's interesting because uh, the human the human representation of myself, um, the human representation of Hydra, it, it's funny because I've had some some digestive problems in the past, and and um, yeah, gas is like a very natural, very normal part, right, of like our physiology and like right digestion. Um, gas is completely natural; like, there's nothing wrong with something like. If you if you fart way too much, like if you're constantly feeling bloated and whatnot, then then there's probably an underlying issue, like some dysbiosis or um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, but it, it's interesting because for me, it's like <laughs> the best part I've ever had, and like it's just a genre of farts. Like I don't know if you've ever had this, but um, 
But one that <laughs> immediately gives you like super like good relief and you feel great about it afterwards. It's like, oh, I feel so much better. Um, um, but yeah, I've had a similar circumstance than yours, by the way. Like one where like I was, I accidentally farted in very tight quarters in like an office space and I, and I, I did not own up to it. I felt terrible. And I'm like, I hope nobody can smell this, but I knew, I knew deep inside. Like no, and nobody's saying anything to like not be me. Uh, <laughs> it happens. You know, I'll tell you this: one of the most kind of freeing things uh, is uh, owning your farts, because then you know you start to build this like slow credibility, where it's like I don't know, like I fart all the time, but when I do, I take full ownership. I like I'll take the hit. So you can never then, get caught off guard, right? Yeah, exactly. And separately, when when someone says who, like, if someone farted and it's not me, and they say who did it, and I say it's not me, everyone in the room believes it. It's great. You're like innocent. All you know, it's like because otherwise, there's always this air of suspicion of like, was it you? Was it you? And for a fact, everyone in the room knows that I'll always say if it was me. There's a so, potential strategy there where you even take ownership of some parts that you didn't even do. Yeah, so like, exactly. Start building some street cred, you know, and then people start, wait, hold on, what's going on here, right? Like, I farted, wait, did I? Right, and they start questioning their own self-image, their own self-fart, if you will, right? Like, uh... <laughs> it is separate. Have you ever seen the show Letter Kenny, uh, which is like a Canadian show? Uh, no. If, I highly recommend it's a very weird show, but they have a whole episode dedicated to fart book uh which is Facebook, but for your farts and the whole episode of everyone recording their farts and sharing them and liking each other's farts and it's fart book um, oh my god so, the only canadian uh, tv show i've ever seen is uh turner park boys very good show oh i've heard amazing things uh, very good show yeah it's uh it's uh oldie but goodie yeah oh yeah uh, <laughs> yeah, that's on my list. Uh, also, I recommend Shit's Creek. Uh, for Canadian yeah, Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of it. I haven't, I haven't gotten into Shit's Creek for sure. Okay, so All right. Um, let's see. Carla, tell us, tell us our next, next thing. Let's do one of my favorite activities. Debate. For the debate, I will give both of you a resolution. One of you will be pro. The other will be con. The pro will give the opening speech in favor of the resolution. The con will then give a speech in opposition of the resolution. After that, you can go back and forth, refuting each other's arguments. Is that clear? Sure. Here is the next topic. We are all just living in a dream. Okay. Who's the pro? Hydra, you will be affirmative this time. We're all living in a dream, so I start, huh? Uh, I, I, well, I... Yeah, so it was a Spanish writer, actually. Uh, I guess not a Spanish, uh, Argentinian writer. Jorge Luis Borges, who wrote significantly about this. Um, in one of his short stories, if I recall correctly, he says that everything in the world is happening to me and happening to, ha and happening to me right now. That's very true. And it goes back a little bit to Crooks, what you said earlier about the fact that 
the the only reason why we're experiencing the world is because we're interacting with it. Um, and if you think about quantum mechanics and the fact that, as you mentioned, <laughs> if no object is interacting with another object, then um, then <laughs> it would cease to exist um, because of the duality. Um, and I think when you think of it that way, um, each of our own sense of the world and our perspectives about the world are really kind of like a fiction. It's all happening within ourselves at that moment, but it's not part of like some larger reality. And therefore we're living in a dream. It's a very physics kind of reasoning behind it. Okay. Uh, is, is that, uh, do I, I yield that? my time. I yield oh, my yield time. time. Okay. So, uh, I like that you used uh, my earlier conversation against it, but uh, okay, I want to preface this by saying that this is all a show, but I, I, I like giving a fake speech. Okay. Hydra will have you believe that we live in a dream. Wow. Wow. How arrogant. Hydra, do you not look around you and see the world as it is? Do you not believe what Descartes says? I think, therefore I am. Do you think and do you exist? You know, do you feel the world around you? Can you touch it? You know, how much more do you need? Yes, we might be in a dream, right? But that person or whatever person's dreaming might also be in a dream and they're in a dream and everyone's in a dream, right? Reality is not about whether or not we're in a dream or not. Reality is about, our, can you think? Can you interact? Can you feel, right? Do you, do you process the world around you? And if you do, then everything you see around you is real, whether it's in a dream or a car battery uh, or any other variation of such a thing, right? And one day, one day we will create, okay, uh, a little AI-powered universe. And within that universe will exist all these beings, okay? Maybe even an exact replica of the universe. And they'll ask, are we in a dream? Are we in a simulation? And of course they're not, because they can also touch, see, uh, and interact with the world around them. Because as long as you are uh, able to think, and as long as you can see the world around you, uh, then you are living in reality. So, boo Hydra, and that's my debate. <laughs> I don't know. That was that's, very uh, good. That was very yeah, good. I don't know. I just, oh, but, that's, but I that's, think your argument, but our, your argument is totally flawed. It's completely flawed. The, the, the question is not whether or not you can interact with the with the world around you. A computer program can interact with a fictitious world around it. Right? Elon Musk has said, you know, mentioned like I think it was last year what what many other philosophers have been talking about, which at some point our humanity is going to reach the point that it can create artificial intelligence and it can create. Um, abstract uh, worlds in a computer program. Um, and when that happens, you know, we're going to likely create many of them. Um, and as technology only advances, the reality is that we can create infinite or potentially infinite numbers. Um, therefore, yeah, and I do think that there is a distinction between the concept that we are living in our own reality versus living kind of like this simulated dream and I think the difference there is the sense of um, the sense that we have choice, right? The sense that we have that that we have uh, self-will. When in reality, 
the world is arranged in a way, the atoms are arranged in a way that if you understood how each atom is going to behave next to each other and which the world is already set up for, the reality is that we're not. We're, we're going to do exactly what we're going to do. It's predictable. It's the world understands it. And that's it. There is no such thing as self-will. A, a determinist, I see. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about determinism. No, let's not. Um, let's talk about dreams. Um, I like that point. Right? Let's let's okay let's say you could you know let's in a determinist way right you could create a universe with the exact same introduction and the same parameters as our universe right in a purely deterministic model then oh no did stuff you know god you know the camera's broken um uh we're on time uh oh, yeah are, are we are we yeah i don't know yeah are we supposed to uh, okay. Carla. Uh, all right. Um, I think Carla's having some some existential issues as we're talking about, you know, artificial intelligence and maybe. <laughs> I, I want to uh, bring up the point the point you brought up, which is like you could theoretically create a universe with the exact same parameters as our universe, and theoretically, if you're looking at it from above, you would see this conversation happening within the universe, right? Because you could, if you could, in a deterministic model, you could recreate the world if you just knew the exact starting parameters, right? And then just let chaos happen the way it is. And then the theory goes that you can then build a universe inside of that. That universe can build a universe inside of that. Because if you can build one replicatable universe that Correct. exactly mimics ours, then that universe will, by definition, eventually make its own universe as well. Right, and now you have the infinite regress of uh, the infinite regress problem, where there's infinite universes all working exactly the same, right? Um, which then makes it so that if that's possible, the probability that we currently are someone else's simulation goes to a hundred percent, right? Because if, reaches, if there's reaches, a, yeah, yeah. yeah, if there's an infinite regress of universes, then every universe is actually. Uh, someone else's uh you know simulation right and then it becomes a question of well if everyone is someone else's creation then everyone is either dreaming each other in this vicious cycle or all of the, or all of them just kind of exists and that's reality reality is that everyone is a subcomponent of something else but that's not necessarily a dream it's not that it does it's not like a dream sounds like a fake non-existent thing it's more that yeah. there exists an infinite universe and yes you're a tiny very minuscule portion of that but you still exist even if there's infinite universes and to quote rick and morty they're they're infinite universes none of it matters come watch tv right yeah exactly <laughs> that have you seen that video where dan Harmon talks about the meaning of the universe uh, he's like drunk on ah, whiskey. Oh my God, he's drunk on whiskey and he's like, what is the point of life? And he talks about how Jerry actually has a better life than Rick uh, at some point. Uh, and I, I, that, that took me five, six years ago and really changed my perspective. That and, a lot, to be honest, a lot of LSD. Like both of those things really changed my perspective. <laughs> they, they go really hand in hand with each other. Uh, but uh, the show and, and drug program. But, uh, but anyways, um, by, by the way, Carla, I like, I like this, I like this exercise, but I, I definitely, I side more with the crux argument 
on this than I do with my own pro. I, I side more with the cons. I win. I win yeah. the debate. <laughs> I guess you win because I, I have to be honest. I can't lie. <laughs> it's an interesting debate. It's definitely an interesting debate. You know what's funny? I believe your uh, your side more than I believe my own side. That was all like I, I don't know if I believe in anything what I just said, but that wasn't the point of the exercise. Um, yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I'd rather think that none of this exists and it's way more fun that way. So. Uh, then you yeah. Maybe I lied to myself to make it just simple, and I think there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, no, it, it, that's the best part, man. Do yeah, do whatever, whenever, wherever, and it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay. Anyways, I'll, I'll throw it back to Carlo. Carlo, what's up? You know, how's it going? Very good. <laughs> nice one. Nice. All right, we're nearing the end of our time together. Share with your partner something you like about them. Uh, I'll start. Cross you, you, you can quote things a lot better than I can. I feel like I'm like, uh, I feel, I feel like you do a really, really good job. Of, uh, like um, uh, during your debate, for example, you mentioned a couple of, like theories there. Um, that, that's pretty cool. That like I, I want to, I want to be able to have that level of. Um, What's it called when you remember something? You see, I'm even forgetting the the word for remembering something. <laughs> um, that that was super cool, and it was it was fun to geek out because I love I'm a I'm a nerd, so I'm a nerd constellation. So what can I say? Uh, Idra, I'll I'll say the same thing to you. You know, uh, I I love uh, that you know the the kind of philosophical mind you bring in i like your space knowledge you were throwing in too much space knowledge at some point and i was like i'm not holding you know but it was great i i learned a bunch of new stuff you're very knowledgeable you're very eloquent in the way you speak i like it and and you're really philosophical so i, I and we uh, as a stranger i i it's nice to maybe it's carla but uh, i like uh that uh, we're in, in, in sync, you know? So, anyways, I like, the, I like your vibe. Well, sure, man. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's all we have time for today. I hope you had a fun time in the multiverse. Please come back again. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> you never know what other star you might discover. Oh, that's great. All right. Take care, crooks. Crux? 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 Crux, I think. Is there a Crux, review yeah. portion? Oh, yeah. Do we do a review or no Carlos review? a big magical uh, Carla. Is Carla dead? Carla's gone. Carla might, might be quiet now. <laughs> uh, I don't know. This is. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know if. If Manny wanted us to do a reveal or not, I don't know if that was part of the plan. All right, we can we can jump off then. It says remaining meeting time, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well let's, let's touch base let's, offline. We'll, we'll I'll get Manny to I'll, connect us yeah, offline yeah, so we'll we can find, actually we'll, say hello in real life. <laughs> we'll, we'll find each other on 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 the on the multiverse. You can do a reveal yeah. if you want. Oh, oh, mother. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Let me change my voice. Oh, yeah. How do I how do I even change my voice? Uh, oh, it's, it's, I have to go. Let's do a mute button. I just <laughs> does it sound uh do I sound like a person now? You sound like a person now. How do oh, I you sound like a person now uh too? Nice to meet you person. Nice nice to meet you. I'm gonna turn on my video. Oh uh, oh hey. Hello. Hi. Wait, is Wait, this, this never? Oh my no, god, I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! I felt it in my like bones or whatever because of the way that you laughed. And I was like, I, you know, like... Oh my Anyways. god! So, hey man, nice to see you again. What is this, our third time seeing? Oh, this just made my day so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. This is yeah, I should have known, Pablo. Like, I, I just, I, I heard the like the way it was spoken, and I was like, I, I one hundred percent have met this person before, and I was like, <laughs> you know, who, anyways. Oh, this is amazing! I'm like completely mind blown right now. And also, yeah. uh, by the way, I'm not at all surprised. <laughs> I'm not at all surprised because I feel okay. like a part of me was like, oh, I haven't met that many people in this program yet. I'm a little behind, right? Like, it could be anyone. There's probably like really intellectual people, but of course, the moment that it revealed it is like, oh, of course, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, Manny told me to like uh, turn off the light, not turn off the lights. It was like audio. I was like trying to pay attention to the audio, so the entire room is like dark. There it is. Hey. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Good to see. Thanks for listening to this session of Multitudes. Hope to see you back in the multiverse soon. Until then, this is Carla, disappearing back into the dark matter.